how I imagine life <laughs> um, and like my spiritual journey is that I'm on a river and I'm in the river, me, Sam, body, but the, the water flowing is life and the things that the water pushes me to or the way that the river curves and flows is things that happen in life. And I also believe there's part of me that's chilling up above the river who can like see the whole river, who can see the twists and turns ahead and behind and where I am now. And I've thought this about other things, which is that if I could know what happens two miles down the river, if I could just jump to that point and have that clarity or accomplish that thing, I would miss all the experience I got in those two miles. Welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Welcome to another solo episode of the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. This is Samantha Nagel. It is so nice to be here with you right now. Thanks for all of your great feedback from these solo episodes. I really appreciate it so much. Um, today I'm going to be doing perhaps a shorter one, although this time goes by faster than you would think. Because <laughs> um, it's weird just talking by yourself. Um, but I'm also an only child and I talk to myself all the time. So maybe that's why it's not as hard as I would think. Um, but today I want to talk about what it's, what to, or how to go through a tough season or like when things feel rockier, um, the last, not necessarily how to, but maybe like some things to remember about going through a hard season in life, um, We've talked so much these last, this maybe last month about the healing journey and how it's not linear and it's up and down and it's cyclical and it uh, has a mind of its own sometimes. And to kind of piggyback off of that, sometimes we experience things or situations or triggers that makes us feel like we're backsliding. I know I've talked about this and how normal this is in other episodes, so you can also go and listen to the last few solo episodes I've done, or the episode with Jay India where we talk about this as well, but I haven't talked about what it looks like and maybe some actionable things to remember when you're going through a hard season or when you're going through what feels like a backslide in mental health or in healing or just in the way that you look at the world. Um, this episode is inspired because I feel that way. Um, last week was really, really, really rough for me. I had a trigger come up on like not this Saturday, but the last Saturday. Um, and it caused a lot of PTSD symptoms to come back um, and to like have something that was otherwise pretty closed um, come back up. So this is something that I've gone to therapy about and do healings around and talk about and think about 
um, but it's not very fresh. It's not very open. It doesn't feel like a wound um, or doesn't feel super painful to like work with. Um, but this trigger really opened that thing back up. And so I was left with a lot of raw experiences and feelings and sensations in my body at the moment. Um, like a lot of things that I had previously dealt with that I haven't dealt with in a very long time came back. And so don't worry, I'm not going to go into any details about what happened. I don't want to re-trigger anyone else. But there were signs of like disassociating and crying and thought patterns that um, I had really released and spent a lot of time working through. Those like popped back up as if they had never left. Um, and then also feeling like resurgence of anxiety and like depression symptoms. Um, like that was all something that I was working through and am working through very recently. This week, it's starting to feel a little bit better, a little bit lighter, but it's still definitely present. And I feel like we are given tools kind of <laughs> to on how to navigate this when it's happening maybe for the first time or when it's been happening for a long time. Um, and those tips or like tools are to kind of help us get through that period, right? Like when I was experiencing extreme depression that had lasted for years and years I didn't necessarily need tools on how to sit with being depressed I needed more tools to help lift me out of that period um, but then when there's more of a resurgence of those symptoms I do need to sit with them in order to work through them so that I can eventually move through and out of those symptoms so I feel like I don't know if this is relatable to anyone else but myself but I feel like sometimes we don't we need different things even if the feelings and experiences that we're having are the same um I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> um so yeah I'm just going to take you through um like what I did to kind of tr like help propel me through um last week so the trigger happened on a Saturday it was the 9th of April um, and at that time, I was limited in what I was able to do because I wasn't at home. Um, so what I would have done after having that trigger was would probably be to go home to maybe either isolate or be with like a close person in my life to reach out to someone. But that wasn't really available to me. So um, even more challenging. But hey, like triggers don't happen on our own schedules and triggers often happen when we're out in public. So it was great uh, practice, you could say, <laughs> on how to deal with that. Um, so what I did that day was, so this opened up a, um, like a wound of something that had happened to me. Um, <clears throat> and it really brought me back to what happened and then also like what immediately happened after it initially. Um, and so I thought to myself, like, this is a chance to rewrite the script. And so this isn't going to be applicable to everyone, of course, um, but that was something that helped me was I can rewrite the script here. I can never undo what happened to me, but maybe now I can do things a little bit differently now that I feel so similar and this is such a huge trigger and this is coming back up. So what I did initially was definitely disassociate right away. Um, I went into denial, which is very common and nothing 
and then there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's not like, yay, but <laughs> very normal. Um, no shame, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. No shame for my past self for doing that because that was the best she could do. Um, but I didn't want to fully disassociate that day um, because I didn't want me to disassociate and then like go too far. <laughs> um, I didn't want to like leave my body, go wandering around. Um, I wanted to make sure I was really present in the body because I felt like if after that trigger I could be present in my body, it would be easier to be present in my body like now, now a week out or so. Who knows if that was the right thing to do. Um, but I also wasn't in the spot where I could like fully feel all my feelings because I didn't have that privacy. So what I tried to do was I went on a walk. I took my dog and my boyfriend with me and I like moved my legs. And moving your legs, walking provides a calming effect for your nervous system. It also has that nice bilateral stimulation of moving one leg and then the next leg and then the next leg. And it can also be very mindful to focus on one step and then the next step and the next step, feeling the earth underneath your feet one step at a time, while also maybe integrating breathing in the fresh air around you, feeling the fresh air on your skin. It was also very windy, which um, can typically make me feel anxious because it's like, I don't know how true this is, but it feels like the wind's like blowing around my energy. <laughs> um, but I like visualized that that wind was like wiping the trigger off my body. It was wiping that traumatized or triggered energy off of me. Um, so I was able to utilize um, my environment as well as my visualization to really practice being in the moment and grounding and releasing. Um, I also did some crying and this was, um, I was walking in kind of a secluded place. So there's no shame in crying like on the sidewalk, but it might not feel super like comfortable for you. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, but I cried. And then at one point I found rocks and I just threw them as hard as I could um, at this big rock. <laughs> and so I saw some of the rocks like bounce off and I did this in a safe way, by the way, they weren't bouncing off at me. Um, <laughs> um, and even like seeing some of the small rocks, like explode into two rocks. And it felt like a nice way to like move that energy from like the base of me up through my torso and out through my arms. And I let myself make frustrated sounds as I was throwing the rocks and I, cause I was angry, right? Like my trigger also like invoked anger and like a sense of hopelessness and not having a voice. And so I used kind of, I wasn't able to scream because that would have caused alarm, <laughs> but I was able to make like kind of guttural <laughs> kind of sounds as I was throwing them, which also activated my voice, uh, which part of the trauma with that trigger was not having a voice. So I utilized throwing um, and like standing in power poses. It was kind of like a hilly place to walk. So I would stand on tops of mountains and stick my chest out and throw my hands out like in a literal mountain pose and allow myself to take up space. I like scream, like whisper screamed at the top of a couple hills and imagined I was really screaming. Um, I like said affirmations um, and also just like talked and told my partner what had happened. And that was like good enough. I knew I wasn't going to be able to process much more than that. 
And so then I had to kind of consciously put it away. So by the time we got back, um, I went to the restroom and I ran cold water on my hands and on my wrists. Um, and this is just a hack I got off of the internet is to run cold water on your wrists. You could also put ice on your wrists as well. And then I splashed my face with that cold water. And similarly, imagine like I was like flushing away any stagnant energy, any energy of anyone else, any traumatized energy that all of that was being splashed off of my face. I also focused on drinking water and drinking calming teas. I had just had coffee, which um, was fine with me. Um, but like, as I became triggered, that coffee, that coffee stimulant energy, like really ramped up the trigger. So I tried to think that I, t I didn't drink any more coffee, even though I wanted to. Um, I tried to counteract that by water, calming teas, and maybe like a nourishing snack. Um, to try and counteract that like excessive stimulation. Another thing I did, because like I said, there was an excessive stimulation in my body because my body had also been activated into um, a trauma response. So fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. Um, I had a couple at once. <laughs> so, but right now I was really, or right then I was really experiencing flight. Um, so that like creates a lot of adrenaline and a lot of um, energy in the body. So I was shaking out my hands uh, shaking out my feet, tapping my feet. I was able to do this in the bathroom, and then I would just like randomly do a little handshake and an exhale um, as I would go through my day. And I was able to reach out to a couple of really close friends who I knew would give me support. And um, this kind of trigger is pretty common. Um, and so I reached out to a support group on Facebook. Um, I was actually Katie Thurston's um, support group. She was the bachelorette. <laughs> um, she has a support group on Facebook called Calm. And so I joined it, waited for an approval, and then posted <laughs> and asked for support and advice. So even though those people, I'm not going to get on a call with any of them. They're not going to give me like a lot of support. They can see me and witness me. And I think that felt really, really important um, while being like really re-traumatized in that moment. Um, and then I kind of went on my day knowing that I was like kind of in and out of disassociation, in and out of like anxiety and panic, and then like in and out of numbness, um, knowing that that was really normal until I could journal at the end of the day. And I, what I did then, because I was so active in that trigger, is I just journaled what happened as if I was telling a very boring story or like taking field notes is what I sometimes tell clients. Like sometimes I'll tell them things like, oh, Sam feels uncomfortable when cousin yells or whatever. So it was, I didn't do it in third person, but I just went like, this trigger happened, felt this way, did this, drove home, went on walk, threw stones, um, went to bathroom, put cold water on face, uh, watched a movie, felt uncomfortable during the movie, drank water, like I just literally listed out what had happened, what I felt in a very objective way because I didn't feel like I had the energy needed to process it and reflect on it, but I did want to write it down because I was ruminating on it. I was replaying everything about that day in my head because I wanted to remember for later and also wanted to remember for my therapist. Um, so I thought I'll just write it out simply, which means I can release a little bit of that rumination. And that actually worked really well. 
Um, so then I went through my week and I had very like naively and sweetly, but also like incorrectly <laughs> assumed that <clears throat> it would take a couple days. So my plan was I'm going to get home on Sunday, like Sunday night's going to be kind of bad. Maybe I can do some self care. Monday, I took a sick day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Monday, I took a sick day, and I was like, okay, well, that'll be, like, a bad day, and I can process through it. It'll be fine. Tuesday, I'll be getting better. I booked a breathwork session with Ash Morgan, who is coming on the podcast in, like, a month and a half. Um, she's super great. Um, if you want to do a pranayama or breathwork session with her, I really highly recommend um, she's on Instagram and TikTok as Ash Morgan, or you can Google her. I think too. She pops up. Um, so I had a breathwork session with Ash on Tuesday and therapy on Wednesday. Then I was like, yeah, by like Wednesday, I'm going to be good to go Thursday at the latest Thursday. I'm going to be like normal. <laughs> no, um, it went kind of like that, <laughs> but, um, the getting better part didn't like Monday was really bad and I did have a sick day. And I allowed myself to just do, like, whatever the heck I wanted to do. I didn't try and do, like, any healing practices or, like, deep journaling with prompts or specific meditations. I just, like, did whatever the heck I wanted. And I also really focused on my inner child. Like, I watched Zoolander because that was my favorite movie at the time that that trigger, like, the initial trigger happened. And it's just, like, a silly, goofy also, like, realized offensive movie with Ben Stiller. So good. And I've been quoting Zoolander since, which I'm sure is, like, really fun for my partner who lives with me. Um, yesterday, I looked into his eyes, and I started giggling. And he said, what? And I said, you must kill the prime minister of Malaysia. And he, like, wasn't. He's like, are you quoting Zoolander again? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um Anyways, tangent. So I just did whatever I wanted to do, anything that felt good. I didn't even worry about walking the dog. I didn't worry about exercising. I just did whatever I wanted to do. And that was really awesome. I felt like I was feeling my feelings while also distracting myself. Um, and then, But then the rest of the week was tough. The breathwork session really helped. Therapy really helped. And I'm super privileged to be able to do those things. Um, and also, like, I they helped and it like didn't make anything go away. It didn't make anything inherently easier. It made it like, so I was seen and witnessed and was able to release on a somatic level and talk through things. Um, but like, I didn't feel better. Like the, it wasn't gone, you know? Um, and I think that just, that leads me into what I really wanted to talk about um, besides all this, which is that, even if we know, like I know damn well, healing's not linear, right? I know that we can't rush our healing, which is a great Trevor Hall song. Um, I know these things and I help clients through these things. And I have podcasts about these things. Like the episode with Jay India literally has healing isn't linear in the title, right? So I know these things very logically, but I also was like, trying to perfectionism <laughs> like my healing my recovery from that trigger and not really giving myself the grace I needed to understand that this was hard like something hard happened um and that means that like 
it's okay to not be doing okay. <laughs> um, seems like such an obvious thing to note, but I like wasn't giving myself that grace that I so actively advocate and help other people give themselves. Um, and it's okay. Like that's my other thought was it's okay to do that. Right. Like I really wanted to heal <laughs> and like get on the road, you know, and become back to normal. And I realized that I'm okay feeling my feelings, kind of. I'm really more okay intellectualizing my feelings because that feels or that seems like sitting with feelings, but it's actually thinking through feelings. And that's not really the same thing. I think I shared this in last week's episode, um, which is that you can't think your way out of a feeling or you can't feel your way out of a thought, right? A lot of the times we do need to go to that center. I needed to feel my way through my feelings in order to feel my way out of my feelings. I needed to be present with the actual literal discomfort, not just think about the discomfort and think that that would be alleviating because it wasn't. Um, and that it's okay to like sit in discomfort. It's okay to sit in pain. It's okay to sit in like feelings that we don't like <laughs> um, to an amount that's safe, right? Like all day, every day, I was not sitting in my feelings of discomfort and not being safe because that wouldn't have been safe for me. It wouldn't have been safe for my mental health to, for the last week straight, to just be feeling every feeling that came up. I had to strike a balance between distracting myself by watching Zoolander or working or walking the dog, plus feeling my feelings and being uncomfortable and just like sitting with it. And then also a balance of like doing things that I knew would be helpful and nurturing for me in the long run, like exercising. It was really helpful to exercise on many of those days because I really imagined that I was stirring around the energy in my body. But then other days when I was really fatigued and like had no energy at all, I didn't, I didn't uh, push myself to exercise. I only pushed myself as far as was comfortable, as far as was safe. I think that's really important. And another like just holistic health chat thing. Um, I was also ovulating at that time. I was, I think it was the day of ovulation, which is usually like a highest energy. That's when I really want a high intensity exercise routine. But I was so drained and so exhausted and so even though I quote unquote should have energy, I didn't. So I didn't force myself to go through with something that I couldn't do. Um, and finding that balance of like, when do I push myself? When do I not? When do I feel feelings? When is feeling overwhelming? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And it changes moment to moment, honestly. I was going to say day by day, but also moment to moment. And I even felt that on my like sick day where I was like watching TV and distracting myself felt really good until it didn't. Like all of a sudden there was a switch that went off where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And so then I had to meditate and I had to sit with those feelings. And there became a time like 10 minutes in, honestly, where I couldn't do that anymore. And I had to distract myself through something else again. And so I'm someone who really loves to have a plan. I like to have a structure. And also 
that's not always accessible to us or that's not always realistic to us. Um, sometimes we have to go with the ebbs and flows and check in at that moment. What do I need right now? And what do I need right now is not what I'm going to need in three hours, not necessarily. What I need in three hours is what I need in three hours. What I need in 20 minutes is what I need in 20 minutes. And I think especially if you're going through a really hard time, what you need is going to change pretty more or like pretty rapidly. Like one minute you're going to be able to push through a discomfort and then the next you're going to need to remove yourself. One, you can push yourself to your limits and like stay up um, and process or whatever and be there with a family member. Other times you're going to need to sleep a lot and go to bed really early. Like I think periods of high intensity or like high struggle, you have more needs and those needs are ever changing. And so I just, you know, it's hard to do, but if you can give yourself grace and know that what you need is going to change and ebb and flow. And if you cannot plan out a full day of what you need and instead plan out like the next 20 minutes of what you need, I think it'll, um, you'll have less resistance um, and also being okay with changing plans. I think that's really important too. Like I had this beautiful vision of my day off, right? My sick day that I would like feel my feelings and cry, but then do yoga and meditate and journal through it. Um, and it like, wasn't pretty, right? It wasn't that pretty, quote unquote, pretty. It was like ugly and crying and disassociating and then coming back and then watching like stupid TV and then being really angry that I was watching stupid TV. Like it doesn't have to be Instagrammable. It doesn't have to be cute. Um, like what you need can be ever evolving. And one thing that was really helpful, helpful for me to remember and I actually pulled an affirmation card that said this, which was really, really sweet, um, is that just because it's really hard right now, like early in this trigger, early in this rocky point, doesn't mean it's going to be that bad forever. It doesn't even mean it's going to be that bad in a week. It doesn't mean it's going to be that bad for the month. It doesn't mean it's going to be that bad for the year. I think we all tend to catastrophize um, and think, oh, this, like now, this is my life now. I have depression now forever, or I have this trauma response now forever because of this, because I feel it right now. Um, and that's not necessarily true. Focusing on the future doesn't really help when we're struggling so much, but remembering that it's not always going to feel like this because if healing isn't linear, if it's cyclical, then that means you're going to turn around that cycle soon. You're going to turn around the bend, right? Um, you're going to, your healing, your experiences are going to change because they are fluid and it might be this bad again. It might be really painful again, um, but it's not going to feel like this constantly forever, especially if you're able to sit with it as much as what feels comfortable. One thing that was so helpful for me to do was unpack the like toxic new agey thing of there being bad energy emotions or like low vibration emotions. I think I was like, well, if I allow myself to feel these like low vibe things, then I'm just manifesting more suffering, right? 
how many times have we been taught that there is such thing as a negative emotion or a negative vibration, especially if you're someone who is in the spiritual space. Um, I am like so down for the law of attraction and stuff like that. And I've talked about this a lot, Um, but I don't vibe with, I don't vibe literally um, with this like BS nonsense that if you experience and let yourself feel fear or grief or anger that you're somehow manifesting that into your life. Like, I think that's BS. Um, I think that's toxic positivity. I also think that's just a way to like further control people. I don't know. I just, I really, really hate it. Um, and again, I can logically hate it. I can logically know that that's not true and that that's BS um, because I teach it, right? Like I say that so much. I remind people of that so much, um, but it can be hard to remember for myself. And I'm sure you have felt that in some way in your life. It's easy to know that intellectually or to tell someone else that, um, but really challenging to remember that. So I want to tell you too, if you're in a rough season, it's okay to feel your feelings. You're not like inviting more of those feelings in. You're not prolonging your suffering. You're not creating more trauma. You're not like creating or manifesting new events to come into your life. You're not sabotaging things that you want to call in. Like you can feel your feelings. I hope. I'm just trying to give you permission to feel those feelings without the threat of like, if you feel them, then your life's going to be over, which is kind of what like toxic new age stuff tells us. As I began the journey of shifting my career to a job that aligned with my values and beliefs, having an education in health coaching has been transformational. Through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, you can become a certified health coach to empower your relationship with food, health, and wellness, live your dreams, earn while you learn, and embark on a new path. Join the global community of like-minded change agents who are here to empower, inspire, and motivate you to create the life you've always dreamed of by clicking the link in the show notes. And by doing so, you'll receive $2,000 off tuition when you pay in full or $1,500 off tuition if you choose the payment plan option. Or you can mention my name, Samantha Nagel, spelled N-A-G-E-L. Discover how to take a holistic and nourishing approach to health and wellness today. Which also leads me to wanting to touch on spiritual bypassing. I really felt that in the very beginning of that trigger. And it made me think about how much I have felt that and not noticed it um, or thought that way and not noticed it. So part of what I was thinking was like, this is divine timing, which it was, but I was like really focusing on this is divine timing. Nothing comes up that I can't handle the universe or God or whatever, like doesn't throw more at me than what I can 
handle and feel through. This is coming up because I deserve to focus on this because I need to work through this. This trigger is ultimately helping me heal. And I still believe those things. Um, the like timing of it was incredible. Like I could see that with a step back that it had all been building to that trigger and that trigger like helped release beliefs and feelings and sensations in my body that I didn't know I was still storing. And like, that wasn't what I needed to focus on. Focusing on that was really distracting me from what I was feeling in the current moment, what I needed to sit with in the current moment. Like I needed to feel pain and suffering and like discomfort. Not like I needed to, like I deserved it, but that's what was happening to me. And I deserve to feel what's happening in the moment, not kind of bypass my way out of that by just going, oh, this is divine timing. It's all good. Another thing I was doing was reminding myself that we're all souls having a human experience. So I was like trying to do that. Like this isn't really real type, like matrixy thing, which I don't know, maybe that's true. Um, but regardless, it feels real. <laughs> um, like I, I appreciate that argument and like also kind of new age spirituality that this isn't really real time. Isn't really linear. We're not, we aren't our bodies. Right. Um, but like, we also are <laughs> like, we came to this earth for whatever reason you believe in. And the truth is we are here now. <laughs> um, so reminding ourselves that like, this is the matrix or that we're just souls having a human experience and that time isn't linear. Like, I don't know how helpful that is when we have to exist on this plane, when we are on earth in earth bodies. I don't think we were put here to like check out, right? We were put here to be here. Um, so I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know if that's a little spicy or not. <laughs> um, but like, it's okay to feel what it feels like right now. And I think trying to check out of that by saying that none of this is real or that the body isn't really real, um, or like we aren't our bodies is a form of bypassing. And I felt myself doing it a lot. Um, how I imagine life <laughs> um, and like my spiritual journey is that I'm on a river and I'm in the river, me, Sam, body, earth, I'm in the river. The river itself, like the space of the river is, is life. Me is me. <laughs> um, this sounds so beautiful, but the, the water flowing is life. And the things that the water pushes me to, or the way that the river curves and flows is things that happen in life, experiences that I have in life. And I also believe there's part of me that's chilling up above the river, who can like see the whole river, who can see the twists and turns ahead and behind and where I am now. And I believe that there's a part of me that is like guiding me or supporting me in that, or maybe it's not even me, maybe it's an angel or whatever. But I think there's like two, like the higher self and the, the, the body earthly self. And I've thought this about other things, which is that if I could know what happens two miles down the river, if I could just jump to that point and have that clarity or accomplish that thing and skip ahead, I would miss all the experience I got in the other twists and turns and flows and ebbs and ups and downs in those two miles. 
And perhaps I wouldn't even learn the lesson if I were to just teleport up and out two miles down and like get the clarity. Like I need the stretch in between to get that clarity at two miles in. I hope this metaphor makes sense. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I kind of felt like I was doing that with this, which was like really attaching to being above and think, seeing like, oh, the path that led me here is divine timing. And I'm feeling these things because it's a part of my healing. Um, and like two miles down, um, maybe I have these realizations. Let's just skip there. <laughs> um, and or like the bypassing of <clears throat> knowing it's divine timing. So feeling like my pain isn't as uh, painful. Um, and I really had to say like, <sighs> I don't belong up here. I don't belong up here. I belong in the river. And so what I did was I imagined that I was letting myself go completely underwater. I was just going with whatever. I was feeling whatever. I was doing whatever. I wasn't putting a lot of intentional thought into what I was doing. That's what I really did on that sick day. Um, And then I had enough trust that I had enough stability that I had built up over a long period of time that I would eventually pop up back to the surface. I would still be in the water, still be in the river, riding the waves and the flows. But then it was more like floating, like half of me submerged, half of me's not, right? And so I imagined that I was allowing myself to be fully in the river, knowing that I would pop back up at some point, knowing that I could even go up to that highest self to check in as long as I was going to come back here to this body, to this moment right now, to these feelings. Um, I hope that made sense. Um, that visual makes a lot of sense to me, but then again, it's my visual. So <laughs> might not make a lot of sense to you. How this is applicable to you though, is if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like spiritual stuff and you've probably heard of like spiritual bypassing, but maybe you don't know what it is. Spiritual bypassing is like love and light only type of things, um, good vibes only, stuff like that. Um, And that's like really common in the spiritual space. Really common. Um, So I just want to like give you permission that you can abandon that and release that and come back to like all vibes only, which like includes bad vibes, but also like there's no thing as bad such thing as bad vibes. There's really no such thing as good or bad. Those are just labels that we've made up in the first place. Anyways, um, the last two things I want to talk about. The next one is asking for help. I asked for help where I could. Like, And this isn't always available in the ways that I did it, but there might be ways in your life that you can ask for help, such as I took a day off. I didn't tell my supervisor, like, Hey, I had a traumatic experience however many years ago. And then I had a trigger this weekend. My PTSD symptoms came back up. So uh, can I take a sick day? (laughs) Um, and like on the off chance that they would ever listen to this, that's what I did, but, um, I don't think so. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I just said like, I don't feel well. I feel really under the weather. Can I take a sick day? And she said, yeah. All right. So that was me asking for help. I was, I didn't have to disclose very much. I didn't have to be that vulnerable, but I asked for help. Um, another example is I really didn't want to cook for those first couple of days when I was really having a hard time. So I told my partner, can you cook or can we order something? And we did. And again, that has privilege. Like 
sometimes you don't have someone else to cook for you or sometimes you don't have the the funds to order in instead. Um, but I also got like frozen meals and stuff that was really simple to make and throw together so that I didn't have to cook those first few days. Um, I had plans with a friend um, last Friday. We were going to go to a really crowded space um, and I was starting to feel really nervous because my anxiety and hypervigilance had not gone down. Um, and I felt really embarrassed and I was like, well, I guess I'll just cancel and not go. Um, and then I realized I can be vulnerable. And I said, Hey, I'm feeling pretty hypervigilant and I don't think a loud crowded place is the place for me. Can we go somewhere more low key? Right. That doesn't have to be super vulnerable. I didn't tell them the details of everything. Um, I didn't get into it, but I just said like, Hey, I'd really appreciate if we could do this instead. What do you think? Um, it's not me being demanding. It's not me being controlling. It's just me asking for even a little bit more of what I need. And that's available to you too. Um, There's lots of ways. And even I like wanted someone who I had told about this to reach out to me um, and they weren't doing that. And so instead of being like, oh, I really want this to happen. I texted them and said like, this is exactly what I need from you. Can you give it to me? And they did. Um, I even did that with my partner. Like he's never gone through what I went through. Um, so he didn't know exactly how to be of support. So I just said, I would like you to say these things to me and give me a hug. And he just repeated back what I said and gave me a hug. And sometimes I can feel like, oh, well, I want them to know that, to do that for me, um, on their own. Right. Um, but they don't like, I don't need him to read my mind. I can just tell him what I need. So that's what I mean for asking for help. And the very last thing I want to touch on about this hard season type thing, um, I guess hard season implies like a longer stretch of time. I'm talking about when things are really rough and really bad for kind of a shorter period of time or like after a trigger, I guess. Um, but I saw this account called Madison Morrigan. And so it's Madison Morrigan, the Morrigan has two R's, I-G-A-N. Um, she's really cool. Um, I just found her on Instagram and she had this reel like kind of a long time ago. <laughs> so I like went through all of them um, and I posted it too, if you remember that, but it's part one and part two. And it's about how when we have big integrations or big discoveries or big aha moments, we have this drop-off period. So for me, not only did I have this trigger, but I also had a lot of realizations in breathwork and therapy and like in my own journaling practice, like a lot of realizations, even memories, um, beliefs that I wanted to release. A lot of that came up and even like I did release a lot, um, but that was really painful. Right. Um, and that was a lot of like integrating my past parts and my disassociated parts into my whole self. Um, so I had felt like I did this awesome thing, but then I like got more depressed. Like I said, I was more fatigued. I was incredibly exhausted some days, um, incredibly hypervigilant other days, some on the same day. Um, and I was kind of like, what the hell did I not do this? Right. Like, I felt like I made huge progress. What's happening. Um, and she calls this like integration symptoms. Um, so her post is 
If you often feel judgmental, shut down and sleepy, isolating, irritated, anxious, overwhelmed, dull, sour after a big expansion, then try some aftercare. Perhaps you're not going backwards. You just need some integration. So this kind of allows your body and your mind and your emotions to process that big realization that you just had. Um, and she compares this to sexual aftercare, which you may have heard of. Um, Marley Liss has some great uh, resources on her Instagram for sexual aftercare and integration, but this is more for a realization integration, uh, which I think is so cool. And my therapist has even talked to me about this, that sometimes we either intellectually figure something out, but then like emotionally and energetically, like that part of us needs to kind of catch up or even reverse but Madison Morrigan, so nice, made a list and I'll read some of them to you now that you can try. Wrapping yourself up in a big blanket, swaddling yourself like a big cozy baby. <laughs> I like a heated uh, a heating pad or a um, weighted blanket. Ask for a hug and verbal affirmation from someone who loves you. There's also Affirmation Pod by Josie Ong, who, who is so incredible. Uh, if you need like a curated playlist of affirmations, telling the people around you how you're feeling, making one nurturing meal. And I love that emphasis on like, you don't have to start eating super well <laughs> just because you're going through a hard time. Like you can just make it a goal. Like how can I eat one healthy thing today? And I would do that. I didn't want to cook, but I was like, I can throw some spinach onto my pasta. I can get that spinach. I can get that greens. Or even like I can take a multivitamin today instead of eating vegetables today. Whatever I need to do, just integrating one nurturing thing. Going on a walk, painting, coloring, drawing, watching your favorite Disney or childhood movie, doing yin yoga or doing some other kind of calming uh, practice. And then she said, um, doing one thing that would be what you would do if you were living the life that you integrated. Her face is in front of that part, so I can't read it word for word to my screenshot I took. Um, <laughs> so that's, she phrased it more eloquently, but like my version of who I want to be when I'm fully integrated is calm, is safe, is at ease. So how can I do one thing that contributes to a life like that? I could eat a nourishing food. Um, I could sit in meditation for 30 seconds. I could draw for five minutes, um, you know, just doing one thing. You don't have to change your whole day around, but if you have a day that's like 12 hours of napping and laying down and kind of wallowing around and feeling anxious and stuff, just having 10 minutes or five minutes or 30 seconds of something that you know is some like a goal of yours or something, it's really helpful. Um, so again, that account was Madison Morrigan, two R's in Morrigan. Anyways, I hope this helped. It was not a short episode, like I said it might be, but I also said it might not be. <laughs> so I was right either way. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this. I was thinking of what to record and I thought hopefully this experience that I had could be relatable. Um, I hope I didn't give too many details. I was trying to be vague, but I feel like you could put together the pieces if you really wanted to. Um, but yeah, I know it's specific to me and there's also a lot of privilege in the things that I did and how I focused on that. Um, but hopefully it's 
you can adapt this to your needs and your triggers or your really rough seasons or like things that happen that are really rough in your life. So I hope this helps. I'd love to hear more from you if you liked the episode or not. Um, And feel free to like DM me and tell me things that you do that help you after big times like this, both for me to know, (laughs) to try out, um, and also to share with others, uh, not using your name or anything, but to share your ideas with others. All right. Hope you enjoy. Bye.